I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 239. All right, guys, jumping right in. Jersey is just weird. Hey, my sisters from other misters. Eventually, I will run out of ways to just say hello. First off, I fangirl hard every time you read my stories. I literally pause the episode as soon as I hear my story start and run to my fiance. Then I make him listen with me. I think it's time to switch from paranormal to true crime for this email. I'm keeping the victim's name out of it because people in my town are crazy. So here's the first one. A few years ago, I was still working at my local Burger King. I always walked home even at night. One night, I was walking home and I heard a woman scream. I don't think anything of it because, well, it's Jersey and those things just happen. We have plenty of noises at night. Well, I was watching the news a few days later and sure enough, a woman was found behind the almost completely vacant strip mall next to my trailer park. She was stabbed to death and had multiple lacerations across her body. They still don't know the motive behind it. Okay, the second one. Like I said in my last email, my town has a lake called Mirror Lake. That's because at one point, that's how clear the water was. Also, BTW, in my area, we pronounce it as wooder. Not water, but wooder. Oh, okay. I like said the sentence and I just turned and looked at Donna and I was like, help. (laughs) I was like, is this a story you've done? Is this, am I supposed to know? Okay, I get it. Wow. Thank you for translating, Donna. One day, a couple of people were kayaking on Mirror Lake when they came across a body. It said that it was an accidental drowning, but nobody actually knows. They closed the investigation, but there's still plenty of people that say it wasn't an accident. He was only 37 years old. Here's the last one for now. A few years ago, towards the end of 2020, my cousin went missing. He wasn't my blood cousin, but we were very close when we were kids. There are still so many questions about what actually happened. The area that he went missing from is called White Bogs. It's a bunch of cranberry bogs, and it has an old small town. His girlfriend dropped him off in the main part of this area on November 2nd, 2020. His family reported him missing on November 3rd. The police then opened a missing persons case. He made a call to his girlfriend at 5.30 a.m. on November 3rd. After that, he lost service, which is pretty common in this area. A little while later, they found his backpack with his laptop, hat, and a bunch of other personal things in the woods behind the general store. Because this area is in the middle of the woods, the state park police helped with the search for him. A week later, his body was found. He was found a mile away from where his girlfriend dropped him off in an open field. It was later determined a homicide, but with no answers as to who did it or why. Still to this day, we have so many unanswered questions. I think y'all had enough of me for one day, so I'll leave that here. I can't wait to hear this one. Love y'all. Creep it real and don't get scared. Katie from Jersey. You know, we talk about true crime and like all of these horrific stories, but I just, I can't imagine it being so close to home. I was fixated on Burger King and now, I know, but I wanted to just ask what your favorite meal from Burger King was or one that you like absolutely hated, but I couldn't get that in before you went all serious on me. I mean, because I know it's a serious matter. And now I want you to cover all of these cases and see if there's anything, you know, new or whatever. I think she pretty much covered all these cases because there isn't shit about any of them. (laughs) That's what's so hard about true crime cases sometimes is because there's nothing to go on. And that's why they're still unsolved because there's literally nothing. Yeah. Also, thank you for sending them in and hope that you and your fiance have a bonding moment listening to your story. Yeah, for sure. Um, Y'all can listen twice if you want to. 
That only counts as one download, Donna. Never mind. Okay, the second one. This is titled The Little Girl. Hello there, fellow ghostly gals. Loving your podcast and the comedic camaraderie that you both bring to my everyday doings. Growing up in New England with its rich and twisted history, I was always surrounded by the unexplainable tales of spooks and spectral happenings, and I relish in it. I have my own stories that I'll share at another time. However, this one belongs to my husband who grew up in a place just as soaked and dripping in history and haunting tales as New England. It's New Orleans. And yet he has no interest at all in the subject. He hates when I beg him to regale our friends with his visit from the other side, but eventually he gives in and this is his story. My husband attended Northeastern State University in... Taliqua, Oklahoma, in the spring of 2000. NSU boasts as the oldest school of higher learning in Oklahoma. Many of the buildings are the originals dating back to its construction in 1909. It's not a common thing for freshmen to have a dorm room all to themselves, but being part of a fraternity, he was in luck. Then he woke up one night to the sound of someone crying. He says that the sound woke me up enough that I opened my eyes and looked in its direction and there she was, a little girl. She had blonde hair tied back into two braids and a pink checkered dress. She was resting her head against the door and sobbing. I rolled back over to go to sleep. Then I realized what I had seen. I looked back and she was gone. The next morning, he could still recall his experience from that night before. Weeks, months, and a year of questioning the incident, he finally dismissed it. It wasn't like I was going around talking about it, he said. One evening while attending a golf charity event hosted by the university, he happened to overhear an alumni talking in the group next to his. He said, I heard him ask, who lives in room 220? And I replied that room 220 was my room. And what he asked next still gives my husband chills. The alumni's eyes got wide and he asked, have you ever seen the little girl? The description he gave matched perfectly to the entity my husband saw. She never visited him again. We've since researched the school's history and discovered that it has a history that goes further back. In 1846, it was a home to the Cherokee National Female Seminary before it was bought in 1909 and renamed Northeastern. And what happened to that female seminary? It was destroyed by fire on Easter Sunday of 1887. Perhaps she was one of the souls taken by the flames, forever dressed for Easter Sunday in her pink checkered dress. I hope you and your listeners enjoy this story and history. Love, Sylvia D. from North Carolina. Creep it real and don't get scared. Sylvia, you had me going, huh? At first because you talked about your husband being from New Orleans. And then it said that town in Oklahoma. And I was like, wait, what have I done? What dimension am I in? (laughs) What is my brain doing? But I get it now. Like he was from there, but he went to school in Oklahoma. You also used some very big words. I was like, oh, glad Donna's reading this one. (laughs) She's smart. But in stories like this, when it talks about what the ghost is wearing, I'm just like, I'm going to be that person. Like I'm going to be stuck like the one time I fucking wear high heels because you know my ankles can't handle that shit I'm gonna die and get stuck in high heels for eternity but then you'll be weightless that you think (laughs) (laughs) well here's the thing don't wear high heels well I don't because uh, you know I can't walk Uh uh-huh 
I'm just saying, though. Like, that would be me. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to look so pretty. And then I'd die in heels. Oh, Lord. I fixate on weird shit, but so do you. Yes, but... <laughs> Go ahead. Mine's at least good. Oh. <laughs> For real. Okay, what do you think your death outfit's going to be? A tank top. For sure. Some shorts and no bra. And house shoes. Yeah, I was going to say, some form of a sandal. (laughs) Like, whether it's a house shoe sandal, like a, you know, outside shoe sandal. (laughs) I don't know what an outside shoe sandal is, but you get the freaking point, okay? Yeah. I'll tell you one thing I know will not be my death outfit. Socks. Exactly. You know what will be mine? Socks. Mm -hmm. Crocs. And a moo-moo. Look, I went and got Colby and me. I just went and picked up some Mexican the other other night. Like, I literally just ran in and because Colby was coming back from hunting. And he got home and he said, I know you did not go to Mexican wearing that. I said, I sure did. It was like one of his blue shirts. I had a pink short and socks and Crocs. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't care. He's shocked I did it. Yeah, because you normally do care about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Crocs are solely house shoes. Like, those are my slippers. Like, I do yard work in them. I do inside work with them when, you know, just walking around work. Like I, I thought you were talking about sex when you said inside work. I mean, I do wear my socks during sex. Oh, my God. So weird. <laughs> Look at the sock fit. You just wear it. <laughs> okay, my brain went to, and if the cock fits, you just ride it. Touche. <laughs> okay, woo. Thank you so much, Sylvia, for that story. Okay, the next one. Is my aunt a bat in spirit? Hello again, ladies. I wrote you both a couple of days ago with my creepy summer camp stories, and since then, I've been thinking about some strange events that may be a sign from my deceased aunt. There's a lot of explaining to do and a lot of time to cover, so bear with me as I hash it all out. Let's jump in. My dad is the youngest of eight children. Six boys, two girls. They grew up in the most beautiful Victorian house in our hometown. After my grandmother passed away in 2007, my Aunt Chris moved in with my grandfather and my Aunt Annie. At this point in time, Annie had been diagnosed with a brain tumor that would eventually leave her bedridden and put her into a nursing home. My Aunt Chris bought the big house after my grandparents passed away and is still currently living there. I absolutely love this house and I'm hoping Chris lets us buy it from her when she's ready to move. Fast forward to 2017, and after many brushes with death in which Annie was resuscitated, even though she had a DNR, she finally passed peacefully with family surrounding her. This absolutely broke my Aunt Chris, who already had enough shit happen in her life. Annie was her best friend. Annie was her soulmate. They raised their boys together after escaping horrible husbands. They were wine and weed connoisseurs and were just all around good people to their family and community. Annie had always been known as Funny Annie to her siblings for various reasons, one being that she turned red from drinking wine, wearing a Viking costume to my parents' Halloween party, and couldn't stop sweating and laughing while singing opera. As always, there were instances of siblings messing with each other, so what happened later made a lot of sense to my Aunt Chris. So fast forward to 2020. Chris is in the big house, and I'm coming over for the day to help decorate for Christmas. She goes all out. I'm talking about a million little trees, vintage box villages, 
Gorgeous hand-blown ornaments, the works. As I walk to the side door, Chris calls out a hello to me and says, have I got a story for you? I meet her in the kitchen and she looks worn out and is getting paper together. She then says, you'll have to come over next week. I have to go to the ER. Um, excuse me, what? Do you need assistance, ma'am? I asked her what was going on and she proceeded to tell me that she had been awake all night and was terrified. Why was she terrified? Well, Aunt Chris was sleeping in her room upstairs when she felt something on her exposed leg and woke up. She turned the lights on her nightstand to a freaking bat flopping trying to fly around her room. Woman was able to trap it on the floor under a blanket and went to the Jack and Jill room next door and shut the door. Well, it being an old house and having a lot of space between the bottom of the door and the floor, the fact that bats can fit anywhere, this bat crawled under the door and came into Chris's safe space. Chris sped downstairs and spent the rest of the night awake, not knowing where the bat was in her house. She then went down an internet rabbit hole about bats, who typically carry rabies, and found out that often you will not feel it when bats bite you. Remember her exposed leg? So Chris was going to the ER to get a rabies shot. She was able to get the exterminator to capture the bat, and he sent the bat off to be tested for rabies. The bat came back negative, but only after Chris got two shots, which she said hurt like hell. The exterminator also couldn't figure out how the bat got into the house unless it came down the chimney. Highly unlikely. Chris chalked it all up to Annie's spirit messing with her, but Annie would have thought it was hilarious. Fast forward again to 2022. I'm working for a nonprofit for individuals with disabilities here in St. Louis and have a Walmart bag filled with Walmart bags. We had just moved into this building, and I wasn't completely sure where all the light switches were yet, so I walked into my room and set my stuff down with only those lights on. I then head down the dark hallway to the bathroom, where I put the bag of bags where we keep them. I leave the bathroom and turn back down the exact dark hall I had just come down. I look down, and I see something crumpled on the floor. I thought it was a bag that had fallen out of my bag of bags, so I bent down to pick it up. Twas not a bag. Twas thrashing in my hand. I jumped and threw it down so fast I turned to the nearest room's light. It was a bat. How in the hell? I got my work mom to come look and we were able to trap it into a Tupperware container. I was then reminded of Chris's internet hole on bat rabies in my head and called animal control with the guidance of my work mom. They told me to go get the rabies shot and they would come get the bat. I immediately told my supervisor, who let me leave, and I wound up at one of the only hospitals who had the shot. Okay, a little bit of rewind here. At this time in my life, my family was struggling. My mother had been falling further and further into her alcoholism and all of the other ailments that came with that. She had fallen the night before my wedding because of her drinking and broke her hip. After this, she hardly seemed to eat and was in an endless braid of going into rehab, going home, going back to the hospital. I hardly went to see her in the hospitals because I was angry with her. It was horrible. At this time, my mother happened to be in the hospital across from the one I was at to get the damn shots. After I got my first round of rabies shots, I decided to go over and see her. I was already not going back to work because the ER had taken so long, so I wasn't in a hurry. It was our last one-on-one visit together. I sat with her and told her about my bat story. We talked about mine and my husband's summer plans. She was telling me about her boyfriend had brought her Ted Drews. And even though I protested, I helped her sneak out and smoke a couple of cigarettes. But it was good. And I had hoped she was ready to get better, to eat, to be the mom she used to be, or at least try to kick it. But she didn't. She passed surrounded by loved ones on October 25th, 2022. When I remember my bat story now, I like to think my aunt Annie was giving me 
the opportunity to go see my mother. After all, how likely is it for two people in the same family but different cities to have a freak bat encounter years apart? Annie loved my mom and my mom loved her. That visit was the only time before October that I saw her alone. It helped repair a little of our relationship. I'm only 26 and I feel so lost without my mother. I mourn the grandmother she won't get to be eventually. I mourn for my little brothers who won't get to dance with her at their weddings. I mourn for my grandma who was never supposed to outlive her daughter. But I'm so goddamn proud that she was ours because she was amazing. Please, if you're struggling with alcohol or other substances, just ask for help and give yourself grace. Those things aren't worth your life, and they aren't worth all of the what-ifs that your family will ask. Thank you so much for letting me write this out. It was unbelievably therapeutic, albeit long. Maddie, P.S. My bat also came back negative for rabies, but only after I had my first two round of shots. Okay, first of all, I had to look up Ted Drews, and that's like custard and stuff. And I'm probably saying it wrong. (laughs) I love custard, though. Also, bats are like a really big deal around here. Uh, if you have a bat in your house, you have to like call and get them professionally removed because they're like endangered. I'm I'm sure everywhere, but like for sure, I know for a fact down here. So I'm dumb and I never thought that we had bats in Mississippi for some reason, like in our town, like bats lived in caves to me. Yes. And this was back when we had dial up and we lived like in the city, not out in the country. And we were having issues and, you know, like we couldn't get on AOL and we're like, what the hell? And so we called, we did all the troubleshooting and stuff. Well, the technician came out and he was like, you have a lot of bat poop on your, like in the, the thing on the house. And I was like, what? Like, bat poop? That's so weird because they don't live here. (laughs) (laughs) But I learned they do. And now I see all the bat removal signs and stuff. But yeah. I think it's gotten more serious. And the reason why I truly know so so much about bats. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But the reason why I do know that you have to, like, pay for removal is because of that episode of Hometown. So Hometown on HGTV is shot like 20, 30 minutes from here. Uh, Donna used to work with the girl on there. (laughs) Random. Okay. She did. And uh, was like, oh my God, who's that guy walking in? And it was the husband and then found out they were together. She's like, of course they are. Anyway. Yep. True story on that one. On the show, they were working on this house and it had bats in it and they had to pay like a shit ton of money to get these bats removed. And it like changed everything about their what they were going to be able to do with the house because i think it was like five thousand dollars or something Holy shit. it's a shit ton of money to get these bats removed Ooh. now they had a lot it wasn't like one bat you know yeah at my sister's house she has a pool and then they built like a we call it like a gazebo and because of the way the sun comes in she's got those rolly down shades that you like like you like okay that sounded like a car backing up but i was supposed to be winding it and when you unwind them there will always be like a bat clinging to it Ew. i'm like how do they get in that wound up shade yeah well now we know that they can get in anywhere apparently <laughs> they're so ugly <laughs> like real ones they <laughs> i know boy and pictures are cute oh my god like creep mom with her bat tattoo so cute real life one with their little in there I mean, real life ones in pictures. Oh, no. Mm-mm. But no, like not. in real life, if it was in my house, it would not be cute. Because she touched, she like picked it up and it was like flapping. In the uh, what? Yeah. No, no, no. Also, thank you so much for sharing that story because I know that's so hard and it's so hard to grieve when you're like upset at the person, but also you love them and it's 
just like so left open-ended and stuff. But I am really glad that your aunt, I think she was the bat too, gave you that opportunity. Because what are the chances, like you said, that the bat was there, but then also that the only hospital that had the rabies shot was right across from the hospital that your mom was at. Another thing is I have Walmart bags of bags. (laughs) Um, I used to, until my mother-in-law got me a bag that was like hand-sewn to put the bags in. My mom used to have one of those too. But I give Carrie a lot of my bags too. (laughs) Carrie collects a lot of things though, because if you have uh, gift bags and stuff, she collects those too. But you know what? I always have one to wrap something. (laughs) Okay, the next one. Hey ladies, longtime listener, first time writing in, and I can finally say I am a Patreon member. I have a couple of stories that took place at one of the stores I worked at and managed. Here's story number one. For a little backstory on this store, there were two people who passed away in it when it was a different store. One was a little girl and one was an older man, and me being a little sensitive, I picked up on them right away. Me and one of my assistant managers were sitting on the sales floor and a little girl walked up to me and was like, I don't want this candy anymore. And I was like, okay, that's fine, sweetie, and proceeded to walk towards the bathroom area. Well, a few hours go by and I was talking to that same assistant manager and she was like, I've been up front for the past few hours and I didn't see a little girl leave with anyone. And I was like, huh, let's roll back that camera and see if she left and we didn't see it. So we watched the cameras and we didn't see her leave. So I, of course, being the store manager was like, okay, let me walk and see if she got locked into the bathroom or whatever, or was just still shopping. Well, no one was in the store at all except me and the assistant manager I had with me at the time. So you can say I got given candy by a little girl spirit. Well, needless to say, I scared my assistant store manager that night because she knew I was sensitive, but she had never had a paranormal experience. Sorry for the length of this first story. So here's story number two. Me being the nice person I am, I had a homeless mother and son who were sleeping in their car in my parking lot. And I told them I didn't have a problem with it, but if the cops came and made them move, that was out of my control. Well, it was the holiday season, so I was getting to work at 5 a.m. to get some freight out so I could be ahead. And from the moment I walked into the store, it just had a different feel to it. And I picked up that there were a few more spirits around that wasn't normally around. So I just pulled out my pentagram necklace because I'm pagan and Wiccan, and that helps me keep the unwanted spirits away. Well, it worked for a bit, but I kept hearing footsteps behind me. I said out loud, I know you know I can sense y'all, and if you're not used to that, I'm sorry, but I have a bubble that you are not allowed in. Well, it stopped for about an hour or two, but fast forward to after the time had passed, I was walking to the bathroom and I got this overwhelming feeling of dread. And I could tell the little girl was trying to tell me something, but whatever was there at the time wasn't letting her. So I could hear her trying, but it was muffled. Well, that's when my grumpy old man ghost that normally only messed with women came through to me and was like, bad people are near and they bring bad things around here. So once I heard that from him and I was like, nope, these people need to go. And after I ran them off, the store went back to normal and it was just my two ghosts that were allowed to be there. Thank y'all so much for reading my story, and I have a few more. This took place in a town called Broken Bow, Oklahoma. I also have stories from the store I'm currently working at, and it's just down the street from the park 
that some of the people that was talked about in episode 47, talking about the town that dreaded sundown, which still to this day is unsolved and no one really talks about it anymore because it's like the town forgot it happened. Thanks, Brennan J. from Arkansas. And yes, y'all can totally use my name. Sorry for any grammar issues or run-on sentences. I'm doing this on my phone while at work. So the people that were staying there that were homeless, that's who your ghosts were like, uh, they're bad, they got to go? Apparently so. Also, what candy did the little ghost girl not want, Brennan? I need to know. What candy do you think it is? Like, what's a candy you don't like that you'd be like, I don't want this? Chocolate-covered peanuts. Really? Yeah. I'd still eat it. There's not much that I wouldn't still eat. Okay, you know what? You, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. I know a candy I would give back. Okay. Those uh, root beer filled wax things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But honestly, there's not many candies I wouldn't like. Nah, I'll eat it. <laughs> like, let's be honest. I would probably still try those and be like, do you think they're any better? No. Oh, yeah, I hate root beer. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't get this figure turning down candy. Same girl. Also, we want to hear all of your stories. What does a grumpy old man usually do to the women in the store? Right? What a jerk. You also, don't know what he does normally? Well, I mean, it's something to women that they probably don't like. <laughs> also, the holding your necklace gave me... Do you remember that Lifetime show where um, she was a medium and she would put her hat on when she was over it? Oh, yes. It was giving me that vibe. Can't remember the name of it. God, what was her name? No idea. That's why I just asked you. <laughs> She had the different colored hair. Yes. It was like reddish. It was spiky. Yeah. I loved her. Okay. The next one. They say content warning, question mark, question mark, true crime and paranormal. I'm going to say it now. I'm horrible at spelling. So I apologize. I'm going to be telling a couple of stories. Love you guys. I've been listening to you since around 2019, 2018. Okay. First story. We move into this house in 2017. I'm seven at this time, and me and one of my many sisters, but this is the one that's just a bit older than me. So we're in our room going to bed, and we see this tall black figure in our doorway, and it's like blacker than black. And we see him for a couple of months, and then he just disappears. Now, it's 2019, and a lot of stuff has happened, but one of my friends comes over, and ever since then, all of the doors in the house open at the same time and slam shut. Okay, third story. My Nana is dead now, RIP, but she told me about my family more than I needed to know. Girl was telling me about my uncle and how one time he got into a bar fight and he killed a man, but he was close to the Grand Canyon, so he put the man in the car and drove his car off the Grand Canyon. A couple of things with that. How did he get off the Grand Canyon without dying? Second of all, how did he not get caught? I have a lot more, but this is already long. I apologize. Love you, ladies. Bye. BTW, my name's Haley. Feel free to use it. Okay, what? <laughs> Haley, he like, like Murder, She Wrote style. That is straight out of a Murder, She Wrote episode. Do you, are you sure your nana didn't just watch Murder, She Wrote? I'm like, mama... I just killed a man. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's legit like an 80s movie to like put them in their car, vroom, the gas yeah. pedal, and then yeah. tick, tick, and send them off the edge. Yeah. That I, was me. That was me changing gears. <laughs> <laughs> but holy shit. Could you imagine like your Nana is like, well, I've held it in long enough. So, you know, your uncle, the one who always, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, he killed a man. Right? How did that come up? I don't know. She just like, like what Donna just said. (laughs) What? What? Is your uncle still living? (laughs) Is he on the run? They were like playing Never Have I Ever. (laughs) 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 Got one. 
Got one. <laughs> Killed a man. Your uncle was like, God damn it, and drank. <laughs> Since I told you not to tell anybody. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fucking funny. But for real, girl, it does sound like y'all are having some poltergeist activity up in that house with those doors opening and stuff. Yeah, for sure. If they're real. Oh, Lord. But also, why was that figure there? And then went away, just like, poof. Yeah. Okay, y'all. Last story. College ghost and mean tricks. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Molly. As promised back in March with my Deadwood story, here are some experiences I've had on my college campus, South Dakota State University. I'm a student at SDSU and wholeheartedly believe multiple buildings on campus are haunted. I had an experience a few months back that is still making me scratch my head. I had just started a new job in one of the buildings that required me to be there before 8 a.m. In this building, the only vending machine is down in the basement and it's behind the door. One morning, I had forgotten to eat breakfast, so I went down to the vending machine to grab a snack, but stopped in front of the door because I heard multiple people laughing and talking on the other side, as if they were hanging out. Now, this didn't catch me off guard right away because the vending machine was in a very large study area where many students like to come down and work on group projects. However, I was slightly confused because it was so early in the morning and I didn't hear any of these people walk in. I slowly opened the door because I didn't want to interrupt anything and the laughing immediately stopped. Silence. I completely walked through and to my surprise, there was nobody sitting at the tables as I had originally thought. Slightly taken aback, I walked to the vending machine, grabbed a snack and got out of there as fast as I could. All of this was done in the same silence. However, after I walked through the door again, talking started back up. To test this out, I opened the door again. Silence. Then I shut it. The laughing began again. I love paranormal shows, and the one rule I've known for a while is to try and debunk whatever's happening. So I walked through the entire building and didn't find anyone else in there but myself and one of my coworkers who was back in their office, two floors away from the basement. I have since apologized to the ghost for interrupting their study session. This second story gives me chills to this day. In my sophomore year, I was in one of the, quote, good dorms on campus. This specific dorm was superior because of the Jack and Jill style suites, two rooms connected by a bathroom. The locks on the bathroom doors had to be the strangest I've ever seen. Basically, they were on the outside of the bathroom rather than the inside. So you were able to lock someone in the bathroom, but not out of the bathroom. So it was very easy to accidentally walk in on someone. To try and avoid the embarrassment of accidentally opening the door while the bathroom was occupied, my roommate and I would check the crack under the door to see if the light was on and then knock for good measure. One weekend, I'm the only one from my suite. Everyone else went home. I had all the intention of taking a nice long hot shower since I practically had the whole place to myself. Out of habit, I checked under the door to see if the light was on. It wasn't. And I knocked, not expecting to hear anyone. However, to my surprise, a deep guttural voice purred from within the bathroom. I'm in here. Frozen in fear, I checked my sweetmate's locations just to make sure they were in fact home and stared at the door upon realizing that they were. After composing myself, I very slowly opened the door to find the restroom completely empty, yet eerily cold. 
I believe this was Ebenezer, the friendly ghost who loved to tap my freshman roommate and I on the shoulder and sometimes whisper in our ears while we were trying to sleep. I think he got the memo to not fuck with my sleep, especially during finals week, and decided to pay me a visit in the bathroom of all places. Last story. Earlier this evening, my friend, we'll call her witch because this trick was not funny. She sent me a Snapchat picture of a Polaroid photo with three people. Witch, her roommate Flower, and me in the background. The caption on the snap was, how did you get into our Polaroid? My first question was, when was it taken? Because maybe we had taken this picture together and completely forgot about it. However, Witch gets back to me and says, tonight. Now, keep in mind, I was over there once tonight, and that visit was no more than 10 minutes. We definitely took no Polaroids. Instantly, start to panic. This is a ghost of me that's revealing the future and bringing bad luck with it. Hi, my name is Molly, and I'm addicted to ghost shows that make me a tad paranoid. However, upon closer inspection, I realized the person who was supposed to be me was actually Flower's boyfriend with his luscious Heath Ledger locks his words, not mine, pulled back into a ponytail. Apparently, Witch and Flower were telling him he looks just like me and he played along. I got a video from Witch about 10 minutes later that showed all of them laughing. Not cool, guys. Not cool. Y'all just made me fear shart. Anywho, that's all I have for today. I'll definitely write in more, but this time I may go the true crime route. Like, about the time a guy I was talking to asked if I would come meet his dad who's in prison for murder. Thanks for reading my story. Love y'all to pieces. Creep it real and don't get scared. Molly. That sounds like some shit you would do to me. But I mean, just gonna say it that obviously they were right that he did favor you because you did think he was you. But a Polaroid, you know, can be fuzzy. And, I was gonna say it's grainy. It's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, artsy and all that. Do you, Have you ever picked up a real life picture and tried to zoom in like you do on your camera? Yes, I have. And how dumb do you feel? Really dumb. Because I have done that more times than I would like to count. <laughs> yeah. Or admit. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that um, on my phone, but it's like, I'll try to zoom in on something that's like, I can't even think about it. Like, that you can't zoom in on, yeah. but I'm just so used to like, oh, let me see the detail and zoom in. And I'm yes. like, why won't this work? And then I'm like, oh, okay. Or like a screenshot, I'll try to reply. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, I, like it's a screenshot of Facebook post or something. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't I do it? I'm blocked on Facebook. And then, no, it's a screenshot you took. You're like, damn it. Did I post something about Dahmer again? And get <laughs> put in jail? A Dahmer post will always get you put in jail. It will, y'all. It, it was from like 2018. Yes. It was like literally three years later. It was like, oh, Dahmer. Yeah. Blocked. <laughs> like, what the hell? And then Netflix has a hit show about him and you could put Dahmer all over the Facebook mm-hmm. then. And yes, I said the Facebook. Also, we definitely want you to go the true crime route because where did you meet this guy? And was it like on the first date that he's like, hey, I want you to meet my dad and we have to go to the prison? I'm hoping it was more like, okay, we'll we'll spend Thanksgiving with my family. And then I guess we'll go see your dad in prison the next day. Maybe it was like that. I don't know. I don't know. Well, thank y'all so much for sending in these stories. They were awesome. Keep them coming. Send them in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.